0: hello everybody welcome back again to the planet film network i am one of your hosts sean
1: monk and i'm your other host tj cornwell and tonight uh we're going to be talking about a bunch of things uh talking to mm. ted lasso talking about mandalorian which just uh Absolutely. finished last week uh i'll be talking some CinemaCon news there's been a ton but the reason we're kind of going later is we're hoping that something will come up uh while we're going live, I think there's another. Pan- I think there's another kind of thing to happen as well tonight. This after so, the flash
0: screening. Uh, yeah, tonight <laughs> I believe there's a late night panel. I want to say it's perhaps Lionsgate. That's uh-huh. one of the smaller studios, and there is a yeah. late night panel because for them, uh, I mean it is still late night, but I believe it'll be like eight o'clock because mm-hmm. the. So, for those who don't know, like what he was saying, uh, we went a later, a little bit later, live tonight because around ten fifteen our time. So in just about, just under an hour and a half, I would say, probably in about an hour and a half, we'll start to get uh, the first reactions and the first reviews for uh, the Flash coming out of CinemaCon uh, being. It's first world premiere and also uh, the first premiere of CinemaCon. Uh, They typically screen a couple uh, advanced movies. Last year, famously last year, was uh, Top Gun Maverick. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Really got the buzz started early on that movie. And then just obviously we know what happened after that. Just kept the momentum snowballing and everything. Again, a great sign. We've been talking about it for the last couple weeks. It is a great, great sign that not only are they screening this movie at CinemaCon, but then today... As if, you know, everyone expected this, but today they did confirm that social media embargo, uh, social media reviews, everything like that is all lifted. So people can talk about this movie and review this movie instantly, uh, which, you know, being this early is almost always, you know, a good sign. I'd be very surprised if we hear bad things coming out of this tonight. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure we'll get the Bibianis of the world who, you know, it's not for them. But uh, <laughs> we will hopefully have a lot to talk about The Flash in the back end of this. Uh, at the very least, we'll get some tweets coming in if we don't start seeing full reviews coming through. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, we're going to be talking a couple different shows. And uh, we'll be talking a little uh, Barry as well.
1: Oh, yeah, Barry, right.
0: Which, uh, which came back last week, I believe. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on the last week's show But I did put up a quick review of uh, the first two episodes of season four. Yeah. Mm. Uh, All right. So let's just dive into this thing. And of course, along the way, let us know if you guys want to talk about anything, anything in the realm of pop culture, entertainment, news, et cetera, uh, that you guys want to talk about. But for now, I have been watching a couple things. I don't know if TJ, if you want to go first or if you.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, They're fresh in my mind uh obviously okay so we took a week off obviously I've been watching Ted last so obviously I've been watching Barry I've been uh back on the of course the Tag on Titan grind as I've said previous weeks uh almost finished season one really enjoying it so far so excited to keep going with that three movies I have watched since we last uh convened uh first one I watched was major League uh yeah, which I don't think I talked about I think yeah yeah major league comedy. And I don't know, I was just in the mood for some sort of sports movie. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know, and I'm not I'm I'm not a baseball baseball guy. Um I'd rather probably watch it in a movie than w- actually watch the sport being played. Money ball. Played a little bit as a kid, Moneyball. Uh played a little bit as a kid wasn't uh wasn't the greatest at hitting the ball. I wasn't a terrible catcher. Uh but as far as actually batting, I I was pretty bad. I uh, I remember one time I was up at the plate and I swung and I hit the ball, but I hit it with my hand, so they hit me. So I was like, oh, so I get to take the base, but they're like, well, no, it it you swung, so you like don't get. To... I was like, okay, well, whatever. Uh, so that didn't count. But uh, major league, I you know it was it was fu- it was it was good. I, I I I laughed some parts, but overall I didn't find it that funny, and that's what it is. It's a comedy, so. I was a little, you know, I was kind of in between. Again, maybe if I'm more of a baseball person, I guess maybe I like the movie more. That just those are my thought. Quick thoughts on that. Uh, I watched Senior, which uh, that Robert Downey oh, Jr. making yeah, yeah. on his dad. It was it was really good. I thought uh, really a good because I had I knew his dad was like had made movies. He was kind of like you know this underground filmmaker in you know, his early days and, you know, made all these films. I know that I think there's like a criterion collection with like four of his movies on there, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's all I really knew. And it was a really good, just kind of look back at his life and the films that he made and his impact on filmmaking and the relationship between Robert Dyer Jr. and his dad was something really special. And I thought they did a good job of take you inside that relationship and seeing, uh, what effects they have on each other. So that was really cool to see. And the last movie that I watched was uh Bridge to Terabithia, which I had never seen before. First time? Uh yeah, first time. Upset. So yeah, it was I I knew I knew I knew she died, okay? But I I don't know where I heard this. I had always I been heard. told that she was decapitated. If Oh,
0: that's like it, a, that's like a Mandela effect thing. Okay. I I've yeah. definitely heard
1: that. And Daniel was like, what are you talking about? Like that's not what happens. <laughs> I de- yeah, and no,
0: I've definitely heard that.
1: Obviously, you know, Josh Hutchinson comes back and he's like he's like, Boy, you know, like your 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 friend. Uh, your she head's died. Remove yeah, body. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you know, that was sad. I, I hated that part. It gave me uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles vibes. I always thought this movie was like they stumbled into some mystery universe. I never knew it was like, you know, the whole childhood imagination thing. Yeah. So that was kind of a disappointment. But I really enjoyed it. It was sad. Uh, The only thing that I was kind of like, I wish, I felt like they could have done more with. And I kind of, you know, it's kind of this like Robert Patrick's dad character kind of gives off this hyper masculinity type thing, Mm -hmm. I guess. Whereas, you know, Josh Hutcherson is more of this artistic kid uh outgoing and i always felt like it just they never they i never felt like those two and i you know at some point at the end i feel like maybe robert patrick starts to understand his son a little bit more but it never that that relationship never quite clicked with me where i felt like we got like a resolution in some way yeah which is what i was looking for but uh other than that i thought it was a really good movie it's been sad Sad movie. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Danielle puts in the chat, Josh Hutcherson uh, <laughs> underrated. Absolutely. Josh Nothing yeah. but love uh, for my uh, uh, bread Baker.
1: And last thing real quick. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think I'm becoming a 60 Minutes guy. Oh. Uh, I've watched three 60 Minutes videos in the past uh, hour.
0: In the past 60 One.
1: Minutes. One was like, <clears throat> that came out I think a year ago. It was uh the these people trying to solve who uh who gave up the Frank family uh like Anne Frank's oh, family, no. which it was kind of solved. It was like it's like solved, but it's not like you know cold hard shut. Like oh, it was that guy, but uh, they basically you know insinuate that oh it was probably this person. There's an AI one that I watched that was kind of scary. Uh, they <laughs> was it about Bing? It was not. It was that was like no, it was Google. But it was, they were like, oh, we got to get, you know, we got to get going with AI because Microsoft has this thing, you know, they put it out already. And Google's like, you know, we got to start doing our thing. So that was a little creepy. Uh, And then I watched just, I just got done watching this one where this family unknowingly purchased this home in Virginia where their ancestors were enslaved, which is kind of crazy. And it's like them going through, you know, like, obviously there's shock, but then there's like, I think one of them was like, "Oh, you know, this is where we started, you know, and this is where our family started." And then some of its sadness and it's, you know, all this range of emotions. And uh, yeah, I think I'm I might have become like a regular watcher on Sunday night.
0: There you go. <laughs> Little plug there for uh, yeah. Now I gotta ask you with the Marjorie Taylor Green interview of last week, do you think? Wesley oh, I'll be Stav honest. i lost, watched. Has it. lost all uh, credibility.
1: Yeah, I, don't I just know, know that, that I don't that's know. the only
0: most recent 60 Minutes bit of lore right. that I know is that people are yeah. asking if Leslie Stahl has lost uh, her touch. Yeah, because I know
1: people are like, why would you even give her, like, a platform, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I, I will Stull, have to watch that, though.
0: She just got all this street cred for being in uh, Marcel Shell. Like, she's one of the best parts of that movie oh, yeah? is Leslie okay. Stahl because 60 Minutes is a huge part of that movie. And some somebody tweeted, they were like, Leslie Stahl just lost all her street cred Ooh, from Marcel. yeah.
1: And I was like, Uh just a lot
0: of that going around this year.
1: She's the one who interviews the family, too.
0: Oh, damn.
1: Wow. Mm. Leslie, what are you doing?
0: All right. I have – well, first of all, I want to make a plea to you. Okay. And I want to make that plea with the help of Michelle, who's in the chat right now. Uh, You got to get on Succession.
1: All right. You got to do it. I and Danielle, I'm not gonna say it, and well, let's not talk about it now. But I know what happened, you know, an episode or two ago. I saw on TikTok or Twitter or whatever. It wasn't even spelled out for me, but I saw the, I saw the reaction. I saw like a scene I, I didn't talking even think about it something.
0: Would your watch, because okay, so, I'm
1: just, you know,
0: it's so like it just happened, like it just right. happened, yeah. and it's just.
1: Well, I everybody's like. That- I don't know if you saw a thing where everybody's like, oh, the, the poster, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I... <laughs> yeah, let's... let's. I won't go into specifics, but I'll just say the way that the show kind of treats it, it's kind of mm-hmm. anti-spoiler because in a way, it is just kind of another thing that happened. Right. It's, it's just kind of another thing that now we have to deal with. So, you know, I, it kind of affects it in that <laughs> way, but yeah.
1: I just want to get to the scene... And I think it's in season two when Logan gets up on stage and starts rapping, because I think I oh, yeah. I find that song so catchy for some reason. L to the OG. <laughs> that
0: song's up on our channel right now in the uh, oh in my review of that episode. Oh yeah. I put it at the beginning there, but uh, yeah, you got five weeks. Succession. It's more than enough time. Right. Uh, my mother started it I think TV? five days ago. Uh, And is already almost uh, halfway through season three. Jeez. Oh, my Um, God. I know. All right. So moving on here. Like we said, we're watching, you know, your generals, Ted Lasso, Barry. Talked about air, right?
1: We have not talked about air.
0: We have not talked about air at all. No. Let's talk about air.
1: All right. I haven't seen it. So you're going to be telling me. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) Is that right? today
1: it is 25th yeah.
0: yeah no 100 all right so uh actually do you just want to vamp a little bit talk about why you are lazy and haven't watched succession i'll be right
1: back okay well i'm not i wouldn't call myself lazy uh i have not watched succession there's a lot of tv going on like i said before i'm trying to watch Tag on titan uh very slowly, unfortunately, you know, we just got finished with Mandalorian. Mandalorian and Lasso come out on the same day. Uh, Barry's now on Sundays, but I'm sure there's, you know, Ahsoka's coming soon. And Succession, that that is the one thing that I think I prefer with the, uh, you know, television shows being shorter and longer. Succession are hour episodes, and from the first two episodes that I watched, you know, they seem a little bit longer than an hour. Well, as, you know, Mandalorian, as much as I say, and I'm sure Sean says too, oh, we got a cat cameo. Uh As much as I say, you know, I love the, the episodes to be longer than, you know, half an hour, Uh they allow for a quick viewing. Same with Barry. Barry just, like, flies by because it's a quick, you know, 30 minutes. Attack Titan or any anime is, like, 22 minutes max usually. Usually it's like you're getting the... In the beginning, you're getting like what happened last week for a minute, and then you're getting like the whole kind of intro sequence for another minute and a half or so, and then you're already four minutes into the 24-hour or 24-minute runtime. So I blame length of episode on that. I'm going to attempt. Danielle told me as well that our volumes are different, which they always are. Uh, So I'm going to try to turn my mic down, and hopefully that works. Uh, So we'll see.
0: That other sweater was way. That's the end of my vamp. Alright, so, uh, I heard what you said, and I think that's fair. They are definitely, I would not just, you know, some shows you go, oh, how long are the episodes? You go, oh, they're like an hour. Right. Uh, and what you mean is like, oh, they're like 45 minutes. I mm. wouldn't say that this show is 45 minute episodes. I would say the show is hour episodes. Like, it's yeah. hitting, you know, it's classic HBO. It's hitting 59 103 (laughs) you know every every week so i think that's fair but uh let me talk about something else that is fair and that is the movie the movie called air all right excuse me i'm sorry you just uh, one second all right buddy thank you okay now i'm going to talk about air so air ben affleck Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, starring, directing. But, uh, absolutely phenomenal movie. I mean, it's been talked to death, so I won't even go into, like, a full formal review here. Absolutely stellar movie, 80s vibes, throwback, everything that you would expect. Montages, uh, you know, 80s power ballads, like, like, everything. Everything that the trailer sells you on is in the movie, and I think the two, you know... Viola Davis, fantastic. Ben Affleck, fantastic. Chris Tucker, fantastic. Everything like that, for sure. Also, like Chris Mancina, uh, you know, I'm trying to th- trying to think there's just so many freaking people in this movie. But really, to me, I think that Jason Bateman and Matt Damon probably are my two favorite parts. Probably are my two favorite parts of uh the movie. Because I think Matt Damon, obviously clearly Matt Damon is the main character of the movie. But then, even though Jason Bateman maybe isn't the next biggest in screen time, per se, I think that he is definitely the second most uh, like emotional heart of the movie. And mm-hmm. his and Matt Damon's connection, I think, is really what informs a lot of the emotion and the heart of this movie. Uh, and so I think that it really, really does a great job of that. But uh, I also just loved... There was this great Netflix documentary from, I want to say, 2016 called mm-hmm. uh, Abstract, which was this uh, – it's all about this different forms of art and everything like that. It was this, like, docu-series, one of the first ones that they did, and one of the episodes was on Nike, was on uh, shoe design, and that was really kind of the only doorway into this kind of world that I was even remotely familiar with mm-hmm. or even remotely had history with. Uh, so getting just to learn a lot of the inner workings of Nike and kind of where Nike, Adidas and Converse were all at at that time and how how they were going up against each other and, and who kind of favored what. Uh, I thought that a lot of that where, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a bad example, but, you know, just one of those movies that kind of overstuffs the information. This was much mm-hmm. more in the line of like a money ball or like big short where it's like. That kind of Adam McKay kind of, I'm giving you so much dense information right now, but I'm going to kind of sugarcoat it so that you, you know, you can kind of grasp what I'm saying quickly. Right. Which is also something that uh, Succession does as well. Uh, Really, really well. But, yeah, I absolutely. All right. Just once. Go, buddy. Whew. I left my door open. Uh, <coughs> I absolutely loved Eric. Needless to say. I thought it was very, very, very good. Then I also watched uh, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross for the first time. Uh, really, really good movie. <clears throat> I'm on a bit of a, just a small bit of a De Niro kick because I watched that. And then I also watched, for the first time, uh, Carlito's Way, Brian De Palma film. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really, really good as well. Uh, and then also because they have the new show coming out with Rachel Vice, um, the new Dead Ringers show. Uh, I didn't even know that it is based on uh, an, a uh, let's see what year in 1988 movie by the same name with Jeremy Irons, uh, directed by David Cronenberg, which mm-hmm. uh, I took the time to watch that the other day. That was really really good and really interesting. And then <clears throat> I also just watched uh, a bit of Tales of the Jedi the other day. I just sat down I watched the three Dooku episodes uh, just because I was craving some, I don't know, some, some kind of Star Wars, some bite-sized Star Wars, and I didn't want to launch into a whole Clone Wars arc. Uh, and, man, that that episode in particular, the Sith Lord with him and Yaddle, is just still so, so fantastic. Mm-hmm. I watched Les Mis. Let's see what else. Okay, I'm not going to do a whole review here because I'm... I want to do a whole review on its own, but I did finally start in on uh, Picard season three, which is a mm-hmm. show that uh, I've done a couple trailer reactions to. I believe the season one trailer, season two trailer. Uh, and then I did not, cause I'd kind of fallen off of uh, the whole st- of, not that I didn't, not that I had fallen off permanently, but I would really pushed all my Star Trek binge watching. You know, I, I racked it up on layaway a lot. I kind of, I hadn't, watched Discovery in a while. I watched the first season of Strange New Worlds. That was fantastic but I had not watched Picard's season 3 yet. Currently on episode 5 and it is what everybody is saying. It is absolutely incredible. I mean it's like it's it's crazy how different a show can be when you get entirely new showrunners and writers for the third season <laughs> because I mean it literally yeah. just went from kind of a, a legacy sequel stereotypical right. like Picard living on a vineyard, but he's got to get called back into the fight to basically season three is just another next generation movie Mm. uh, just spread out over 10 episodes.
1: Yeah. I was listening to, uh, uh, on Roka's, uh, they were doing like a review of the, the last episode and I was listening to it kind of the background. Yeah. I've never, you know, I'm, I have no background really in star Trek, except I've seen the first two movies and the way he was describing Picard. Or you know, like you said, the vineyard thing. I was like, it sounds like Thanos at the end of Infinity War. Basically, <laughs> He's like sitting on. He's like, oh, it. my job's done. Yeah. And, and now, just quick question. Sorry. Uh, I now before I watched Senior the other day, I was dabbling in my mind. I was like, man, you know, Star Trek. You know, Picard seems cool, but I, I don't know if I could just start there. I was like, I was like, what if I just like watched the first two episodes of like the original series would you recommend that or would you say next generation probably i would go with next generation go. i mean okay. <laughs> i
0: know somebody in this chat is about to get very upset but the original series is like incredible for what right. it is i mean it's 1969 like just awesome shit but that being said i feel like if you went into okay you know what here this is a great difference <laughs> I'm going to compare all of Star Trek to all of Doctor Who, okay? Because I know you have a frame of reference for that. Yeah. Uh The three seasons of Star Trek, the original series, is like the first 40 years of Doctor Who. Okay. (laughs) And then Next Generation is like 15 years of Eccleston. Okay. And then all the new stuff is is new. Mm Mm-hmm. So look at it like that way. I I, I think that, and and granted, I mean, it is, it's like 30 years difference. I mean, TNG started in the 90s, or I think started in in the late 80s, but was was a 90s show. And then Mm -hmm. their movies obviously went into the early and mid 2000s and everything. So it's much more current effects, storytelling, and they all still cross over with Kirk and everything like that. And I think that you can kind of appreciate Kirk and Spock and all them. I just feel like you can kind of appreciate that team more by watching the movies yeah. rather than the th- – but, but that being said, go back eventually when you're in a Star Trek kick and watch those three seasons. I mean, they're quick. They're super old school and everything like that. But I think definitely uh, Encounter at Farpoint is like one of the best pilots of all time, and it just gets you immediately – as long as you can withstand Riker not having a beard in the pilot, uh, he's clean-shaven <laughs> – I I think you'll be good but definitely I mean and TNG you know it was so popular for a reason you know it it just picks Mm -hmm. up and it just goes and then also TNG is not one of these shows that I'm like you know the gospel you know truth of like you have to watch every like if you find a list that's like essential episodes Mm -hmm. you're probably fine with that if you don't want to commit to you know all the hundreds of episodes that there are right Um, but yeah, definitely watch the essentials and then and then Picard is definitely uh some of the best Star Trek that I think there's ever been. You know, I don't I don't want to say it's like Andor, but you know, it's like it's like, you know, the show that's kind of a a step up mm-hmm. from the other ones. At least for now. I mean, Discovery and Strange New Worlds, Discovery's closing out, Strange New Worlds is really just kind of starting. Uh, Picard's mm-hmm. kind of its own little thing there. But I think before I get distracted again, I think there's only one more here, which is right. Yes. I went and saw uh, in the theaters uh, the movie How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Um, yeah. Being, I, uh,
1: something about this movie.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen or you or, or maybe anybody listening or watching heard about kind of like the FBI involvement of like the FBI putting out a thing being like, This movie will not turn your child into a communist. Like there like there was all this like what? crazy stuff about, <laughs> there was all this crazy stuff out there about all these parents, uh uh-huh. you know, and and all these political affiliated organizations and everything like that. We're trying to boycott the movie because obviously it's about blowing up a pipeline. It's about, you know, get getting people off of indigenous land pushing back against just the fossil fuel industry in general oil companies in general. Uh, you know, there's a lot to this movie been a lot that, you know, a certain compartment of America and the world, you know, probably don't really like the message that it's sending. Mm. Uh, that being said, stripping all that away, because I think really you could go into the movie, make, make that judgment for yourself on how it kind of, well, first of all, I should say, I think it handles the subject matter. Great. But go to the movie and make up your own mind on how you feel about the subject matter because, you know, to each their own and everything. But kind of taking that away, taking a step back from that, I thought that the filmmaking was absolutely beautiful on it. I don't know if – did you see from – it was either 19 or 20, Queen and
1: Slim. Did you see that? No. That was on the list, but no. It it
0: kind of reminded me of like – queen and slim bones and all vibes. Like it was mm-hmm. like it's shot on 16 millimeter, like it's natural film grain. Like it's got that just raw, like just run and gun feel throughout the entire movie. Cause you're really only following these, I, I think seven or eight main cast members for nearly all of the movie. There are some where it kind of goes out and it's more traditional sets and extras and everything, But for most of the movie, you're mainly just following this core kind of crew. Um, But I I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I thought that the the tension was great. Every single character was dynamic and had their own interactions and relationships and dynamics with everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was really, really good uh, and really well done. And I just really liked the kind of like – the like rhythm of it. I I just really liked how – I don't want to get in too much on how the storytelling – is done and everything but it's it's a very non-linear movie uh, mm-hmm. and I really really like that and they used the non-linear aspects of you know putting these cuts in and everything to to they use those moments very opportunely I'll say you know they they really use that to its full advantage in telling the the kind of bigger story that the movie was telling but yeah out of blow up a pipeline, if it's playing in a movie theater near you, go see it. You know, I don't really know how long it will be or if it even is still. Uh, But really, really great movie. And I'm sure it's probably uh going to be overlooked when awards season comes. But uh, I think right now, you know, it have, if, if I was making my list right now, I think it'd probably be like nine or ten maybe on my list. Mm-hmm. Really, um, to, really, to be good. completely
1: honest, honestly, up to this point, I thought it was a documentary.
0: <laughs> I thought it was a documentary so, uh, until the yeah. moment it started.
1: Got it. All I, I right.
0: thought uh, I had just purposely stayed away from everything because um, I wanted to make my own assumptions about it and everything. And when I sat down and I saw how it was filmed, I was like, oh, I was like, wait, these are actors. Like, I, I <laughs> genuinely had no idea until the first uh-huh. few frames of the movie that it, that it wasn't a documentary. But, yeah, super happy to realize that. I thought it was fantastic. But, yeah, that's my thoughts on how to blow up a pipeline. Uh, do you want to talk some box office or do you want to get, get talking on some Barry Ted Lasso? What do you, where do you want to go? Uh, like? Mando got a lot.
1: Let's talk about, uh, let's talk Ted Lasso real quick. Cause that All should right. be, you know, it's probably be a pretty short conversation that we can the box office then et cetera after that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to clip this one out. Just, you know, oh, Okay. uh, but yeah, so Ted Lasso. Uh I think we're on episode. Yeah, we, it's five? always hard
0: because the Ted Lasso episodes go out while we're live.
1: Right. So it's always, no, always there's one always out right now. Old. Uh like the, episode... the Amsterdam episode. Right. The basically uh, one, Ted two, Lasso three,
0: movie. Four,
1: five, six. Episode six that was. Yeah, so a nice kind of just like I guess just detour uh from the regular season. Uh, you know, obviously we're paying a friendly. I'm assuming I I don't remember why they're in the Netherlands. Uh I know it's for a friendly, but I'm assuming it's some sort of internet. It's international break or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Jamie says something. He's like, when he's asking Roy if he's ever been there, he he says like an international friendly or an international match or something like. Mm-hmm. So I I just assume it's that. But I mean, you know more about
1: this right than I do. Uh. But yeah, a uh, nice little break. We got a bunch of different storylines. We got uh, you know the team kind of going out and doing some something team bonding and trying to figure out what to do. We got Colin going in out his, uh, going out on his own and meeting up with Trent at some point. Uh, we got Ted uh, going to an American style restaurant by himself. We got uh, Keely. I forget what she what she does. I think she kind of just like fades off at, in the episode. And uh, we got uh, Jamie and uh roy kind of you know training and i guess bonding building a relationship as well yeah. uh and what's the other one uh rebecca rebecca, 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 with, the, rebecca with the guy falls into here. a river and gets rescued by a guy living in a boat
0: yep
1: <laughs> what'd um, you th- so what'd you think what'd you think of this episode
0: I think you laid it out really great there. I yeah. really loved the ep- I really loved the episode just first and foremost. I thought mm-hmm. it was really fantastic. Uh like I said, I I kind of just in my head referring to it as like a Ted Lasso Amsterdam special or the Amsterdam movie or something because it really just felt like we just took this break off of the main storyline to just mm-hmm. tell this really beautiful kind of one night in all of these characters lives and that instantly made me think of thinking it of it as this season's uh coach beard episode. That you know, the mm-hmm. episode that, that everybody was like,
1: Oh, what the fuck? Oh, oh was yeah. That? yeah.
0: Or even this year's uh, Christmas episode like we had last year. I thought that uh, this however was done where where I liked those two episodes. I really liked the Christmas one. People didn't really complain about the Christmas one as much as they complained about the
1: Coach. Oh, I really one. like the Christmas one, yeah.
0: But uh I loved this one. I I thought that this was just like that coach episode, but, you know, instead of just following one character, you're following kind of three to four main storylines, I would say, probably, you know, because there's there's really four main ones, which is Colin and Trent, Roy and Jamie and then Rebecca and then Ted. And then you're also checking back in with the rest of the team with Isaac and uh, and Sam and Danny and, and, and all the rest. And Van Dam really wanting to go to a, a live show, not the kind of live show that we do. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I just I just thought it was done so expertly well. It was like the you know spinning plates on the on uh, on your hands and everything like that. But I think that they kept all the storylines up in the air long enough. It's, you know, paid them all off. I think satisfactorily, and was just really interesting insight and thoughtfulness and. All the great Ted Lasso adjectives that, you know, they always do for all their characters, but like Ted really getting in touch with himself, like literally, you know, whether he was intoxicated or not, uh, depending on, you know, what coach says. But Mm -hmm. I really love that stuff, just how kind of out there the show can be. Probably kind of that whole sequence with the shapes and the voiceover, probably being the most out there thing the show has ever done. And I think that was it, really cool. Yeah, I think it really nailed it too. I, I was <laughs> really, really funny, and I thought fit the vibe and the tone of the show perfectly. Like I was not mm-hmm. like basically that's that's my takeaways. Everything, every hit that or every swing that this episode took, I thought it crushed for me. But uh, and and then at the end, you get the classic Ted Lasso. You know, everybody singing and having a nice time and you know it's all gonna be okay but before i throw it back over to you so i have been a recent convert in the past few weeks to the ted becca uh end game uh oh
1: yeah i mean do
0: you not see it after this i see it
1: no i see it i mean
0: because i know last time we talked it's been two weeks since we talked about it but then last week which we didn't get to talk about you have that moment where They both walk past each other and don't even, like, register Mm -hmm. that it's them. And then they turn around and they're like, oh, my God. And then they have that moment where she says, uh, I'm sorry for bullying you. And he goes, oh, it's not like you're a psychic. And they both, you know, both words, which obviously meant a lot to each of them in that episode. Uh, And then this week, you know, he's texting her like crazy. And it's this kind of you're kind of as an audience put directly into that position of Ted of uh of her feeling like why isn't she answering me but what are your kind of thoughts on that now are you you know i know you just said you definitely see it but uh how do you feel about do you think that's where we're going also the matchbook she's looking at the matchbook but right yeah behind, yeah the matchbook that's is the that's what i'm like
1: right that's what i've been more uh noticing is the matchbook whole thing where obviously we had that kind of sam in her relationship yeah uh but then we kind of moved past that at the end of the last season
0: and that's what I'm saying, man. She's putting uh, the matchbook in front of the biscuit box that Ted gives right. her.
1: She's mm. got to
0: look at what's been in front of her there the whole time.
1: Oh, fair yeah. enough. Yep, yep. So that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I really liked her kind of story with the I forget the man's name in the in the boathouse. We
0: ever found out? I think they made a joke about it at the end. I don't oh, yeah, you're right. Name. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and them kind of spending you know the night together. uh, very up. I, I'm still not sure whether they had sex or not. It was, it yeah, was that kind was of
0: left on a weird note because she was like, did yeah, he? and he was like, no. And then when she left, he was like, oh, yes, we did. I think it was
1: more. Of, I felt like it was more of like an emotional kind of. Yeah. Like, uh, oh,
0: yes, we did have an emotional connection, connection, made,
1: something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I thought that was all really nice. Uh, I really liked the Colin and Trent Crim storyline. Uh, yeah, I really liked great. them talking about. You know, obviously, Trent coming out as gay, I think, is talked about, as well as Colin. And Colin, you know, wants to embrace his boyfriend just like all the other players embrace their girlfriends at the end of the game, stuff like that. And he just, you know, he can't do it. And, you know, them having that conversation was was really cool to see. And, you know, I thought both of them did a great, both of those actors did a great job. The whole kind of, yeah, that, just going back to Ted and that like American restaurant thing, that whole kind of shape, whatever they, however they like, that was really cool. Yeah. Like I, it felt very vintage. Like, you know, I don't know what the, what, where they came up with that it idea, like, but it, like it, it just Company, was really cool. Like
0: Muppets show.
1: Like, like, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I know yeah. what
0: you mean. Like one of those type of like, like just this throwback, like Sesame right. street, almost, you know, vibe.
1: Right. And um, you, and you start to get like that, And, you know, I feel like you maybe you don't see it that often because, again, Ted is he was coaching football. (laughs) You know, he wasn't coaching soccer in the United States. He wasn't this, you know, coach that was coaching an MLS team. Then he got moved to the Premier League or anything like that. Mm. Uh, But you you do see like he 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 kind of has an idea, you know, of what what kind of he can do as as tactics go you know he doesn't have to rely on coach beard and roy to kind of give him all the answers you know and i did like the fact when he was like coming up with that whole thing and he's coming up obviously with uh the triangle offense and the chicago bulls etc how he's like he gets on the bus he's like does this look like it's uh doable and uh he's like did you come up with this yourself coach beard says that he's like yeah and you're like has it been done before he's like yeah, in, like, the 1980s or something. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, do you think it'll work? He's like, maybe.
0: Yeah, like, it's not the fact that it has to be an original thought. It's the right. fact that it was an original thought. Like, you Worthy. know, that's that's the thought that counts. It's, yeah. But, yeah, no, you I know, thought he- that was fantastic.
1: He's been, yeah. re- we've been seeing him too. He's been reading those tactics books and everything, trying to get an edge and, you know, maybe yeah. he finally got
0: one. I, I feel like uh, he really did. Also, do you know it's the barbecue sauce? I had to look, I, I didn't have to look this up. No. But I saw it afterwards on Twitter that in season one, Henry tel- told him that he was going to send him something that reminded him of home. And at the mm. end of the episode, that's what he sent him. Is that, oh. the- that's their favorite barbecue sauce together. Okay. So when he tells the waitress to surprise him and that's what she brings him, that's why mm-hmm. that moment was like so cuz i figured when i was watching it i was just like oh it, it must be from uh kansas it must be from you know home or whatever um, mm-hmm. but then it wasn't until i got on the online after the episode that i realized no that that sauce in particular literally henry sends him from the states and so i think it's just I, and that's another thing about the show is just it's like whether he did take the drugs or not, or whether the drug, I mean, he took them, but whether they were effective or not, you know, I think that something was kind of like you said, something kind of clicked or unlocked for Ted uh, Mm -hmm. just kind of cleared his mind. And, and maybe it is just as simple as he got a taste of home. I mean, he's never been back home since he left. You know, I feel like that can, that's so easily overlooked in the show is that Mm -hmm. he came over here and has not looked back. And so I think being in a place even as, you know, and I love the joke. He's like, where are you from? Where about in the States are you from? And he goes, Melbourne. And, he's, and then he just goes right back to his southern accent. Like, he's just like, what? And then he doesn't know that Chicago yeah. is the Windy City. I, I thought all the humor in the show was so good. But, but yeah, I mean, I just really liked, I really liked that scene of Ted because it's like, you know, earlier in the season, you and I were saying, oh, I hope that the show doesn't lose focus on Ted And Mm -hmm. then it definitely hasn't, but then I feel like the show purposely was kind of giving us a lapse in coach Ted Lasso. Like he's, he's really been very relaxed and I don't want to say not taking the job seriously, but I feel like a lot less mentally checked in this season. You know, he's like the scene where he rips down the belief sign, uh, You know, he's kind of or when Zava leaves, sorry, when Zava leaves, he just kind of gives him a pep talk. And he's just like, all right, go get him. And they're like, Mm -hmm. are you going to say anything about Zava? And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah." like he just didn't seem with it. And so to see him, like you said, so like dedicated and like writing down these ideas and stuff like it was just kind of like a great like victory moment as a fan Mm -hmm. watching this. Uh, But, yeah.
1: The, these stuff, losses, I mean, I was, yeah. these losses they've been sustaining. Yeah. This is more like this is more actuality. Yeah, how it would go with a newly promoted team going up to the Premier League. Uh, which by the way, shout out Wrexham, uh, Wrexham Football Club. I saw uh, that from the National League to I think it was second, second division. Uh, so is that higher so, or lower um, yeah, than no.
0: where is that? That uh that is
1: so game, we got Premier, Premier League. League, we got the Championship, we got Division 1. I, I think I think it's Division 1. And then we got Division 2, which is where they are at now, and then they were in the National League, which is below that. So, so
0: relatively speaking, Wrexham is is like several layers lower than Richmond.
1: Currently, yes, correct. Currently. Okay. Yes. All right. I think I then I think Richmond started in the Championship, I believe. Mm-hmm. which is the one rung below the Premier league. So, yeah. But yeah. And uh, just lastly, the whole kind of Jamie and Roy storyline, I thought that was really cool. That whole like thing where Jamie's like, yeah, my dad brought me here when I was 12 to the red light district and I lost my virginity. And I was like, what the,
0: fuck? yeah, that was <laughs> like, like, Jesus what Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that's what this show can do. I mean, it's like, yeah,
1: it was just like hella dark.
0: how R rated it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Roy uh, was oh. like, well, that must have been we traumatizing missed, we almost <laughs> missed
0: an entire segment of the episode what's that higgins and will
1: oh right yep
0: i thought that was fantastic good for higgins getting a nice big episode in there and getting to play that whole re- that
1: even that was everybody. funny when he was like oh let's go to the red light district and everybody's yeah. like is everything okay at home <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that was yeah He's like, "Yeah, why wouldn't it be?" Like <laughs> he just goes to show him where this musician died. Like yeah. he goes he died jumped right out of on that jumped. spot. Oh, how did he die in that spot? Oh, he jumped right from up there. <laughs> I was like that was so that was so funny. Man, yeah, just a fantastic episode of Ted Lasso. 100%. That was fun. All right. Let's uh yeah. let's talk box office real quick here. All right. So, if I can pull this up if you get, could... oh, there we go. So, as you guys can see here, just pulling up thenumbers.com, which is where I usually get all my stuff, but just to show you guys. So, we haven't talked about Box Office in a couple of weeks, so I just wanted to check back in because one movie's been pretty much dominating, another movie's been quietly uh, racking up the money, and we've had a couple uh, other surprises here and there. So, kind of the first thing that I actually want to jump out to here, and I'll just quickly say this weekend we got number one was mario brothers with uh 59.9 million number two was evil dead rise with 24.5 million. that's huge yes. we'll talk about that in a second guy Ritchie's the covenant which also i did not get a chance to see yet but people are saying really really great things about that opening at number three at 6.3 million number four john wick chapter four uh bringing in another 5.8 million dollars in its uh fourth weekend i us say it
1: right now, uh, John Wick 4 de- deserves better than 168000000 million. I'm assuming that's domestic.
0: Yeah, well, we will t- we will talk about it for sure. Okay. But yes, obviously, I agree with you. Uh, and then, sorry, I actually messed that up. So, John Wick Chapter 4 is actually in its fifth weekend of release. And then in its fourth weekend of release, at number five, we have Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. So, the first movie I want to talk about here uh, that is in a bit of a pickle, but mm. it was kind of an accepted pickle because air right now is currently sitting at Uh, 69.17 69.1 million dollars i should just say uh and so that's interesting for a couple reasons so this is the first movie of this new joint uh coalition this new joint company between ben affleck and matt damon called artist equity just like the name basically their whole mission is to Create movies, create productions where every single person on set can either get back end points, a back end percentage, Mm -hmm. or make sure that every single person in some way, whether it's bonuses or just their raw salary, basically earns what they deserve uh is basically the the entire thing and i mean i don't work for matt damon or ben affleck but i did go on the website and i read up about it and everything it, it's kind of a you know an idealistic crusade but you know i think it's important for a lot a lot more companies and stuff to speak up for everybody that works on sets and everything and they have another artist equity movie coming up later in the year uh starring killian murphy which is supposed to be cool but the thing that artist Equity artist is about of paying people you know their fair dues and everything like that obviously that does come with a higher price tag to get the movie made and so that's the problem that air is kind of facing is mm-hmm. how how really can you support that many people with this big huge initiative uh without making it cost uh, a ton because as it stands right now the budget for air was about 65 million dollars so you take the budget plus probably for this movie another 20, maybe 25 million for advertising. You know, this movie's got to make like 100 million to start turning, you know, a decent profit uh for the studios, which it has, you know, not done and most likely won't. But then the other end of this air spectrum here is this movie was originally envisioned to be a streaming movie. So really it wouldn't have made any of this anyways which is, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, a blessing or, dis- or a curse because now you're put up to the same pressures as a cinematic released movie, but, you know, you kind of go, well, they weren't planning on getting the money back anyways, but uh, just wanted to touch on air there for a second. So John Wick Chapter 4, to get a better idea of where we're at, 169.4, uh, basically 0. 0.5 million domestic, and then one ninety-two point three. International, so total, it's about 361 million, almost 362. So that does make it the highest-grossing John Wick movie of all time. Uh, but also, it was the highest budget. So, all in all, this movie is super, super profitable because it had about a hundred million dollars worth of budget, uh, and the marketing campaign was less on this movie than previous uh you know big action franchises and everything like that so we figure probably 50. so this movie's probably cleared at least 200 million dollars you know in actual profit
1: Jeez.
0: yeah which is which is great but i do agree with you that just personally i would love to see a john wick movie hit
1: i just you know, felt like when it, easy <clears throat> when people are talking about its box office i just i'd always felt like it was so much more money and then just seeing it there I was like, oh, it's not that. It's not as much as I thought it yeah. was. <laughs> it's cuz
0: it's it's cuz all four of those movies are such relative smash hits. Like mm-hmm. the first movie has a $20 million budget and it made 100 million or and it made, you know, $80 million. The second one has a $40 million budget and it made $120 million. Mm-hmm. The third one is a $75 million budget and it made 300 million. This one at a 100 million dollar budget, but it's probably going to make 400 million. So it's like it's just that staggered, you know, that steady kind of climb uh that this movie's doing, but uh speaking of uh steady climb is not this movie cuz this is a quote uh meteoric rise for the Super Mario Brothers movie. So currently right now you're in basically 21 not even really yet, 21 days of release here. Uh, and you are looking at 881 million dollars worldwide Boom. already, which you know you figure you have another almost two full weeks to just rack up as much money as you can before Guardians comes and you know squishes you like the like the plumber that you are. I think this movie easily makes a billion dollars. I, oh, I think I this agree. movie is definitely going to make a billion. This this past Has it come weekend, out in Japan yet? uh I thought
1: there was I a know. thing where i was seeing it hadn't even come out in japan japan it has not ah, yeah. right there oh right. wow yeah there you go yeah, it has
0: not <laughs> so that is actually good thing you brought that up. oh it releases this week in japan yep. so we'll i mean the there you go mark uh, i mean there you very go. honestly even if you took i was just saying it was going to hit a billion with just with all these territories just over the next 10 days you mm-hmm. add that japan hasn't even started this thing's hitting a billion before Guardians, for sure. I mean, we all expected this movie to be uber successful, but I don't think that we figured it would be this successful this fast, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, just pretty staggering. Uh, but also uh, reassuring that a movie can be this profitable and can be this successful, uh, you know, still. You know, you, it's it was a really slow and harrowing recovery for the box office over the last few years. Uh, But the fact that we've gotten these movies that are now hitting, you know, a billion for Top Gun, a billion for Spider-Man, two billion for uh, Avatar, you know, almost a billion for Doctor Strange, and then then a billion for uh, Mario. I think it just shows that we're going, you know, in the right direction. And then another small movie here that I did want to talk about, which was another one that was planned... Uh, just straight up for an HBO Max release, uh, it had about a fifteen to twenty million dollar budget, and that is Evil Dead Rise. So Evil Dead Rise is another one that I have not gotten a chance to go out and see. I uh, hear that is very very scary, so you know I might have to think twice on that one but it has made 44.4 million dollars again this was going to be a straight to hbo release that did not stand a shot to making any money and and even if it did it would just be folded into the you know oh well it's just another movie on our service that drives growth now there is 45 almost for let's say 45 million dollars pinned squarely on the success of this movie in particular and then today that kind of Wiggles us on over to what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next little bit here, which is CinemaCon, because today uh, the Warner Brothers panel was held and the first opening remarks that David Zaslav had was, you know, make no mistake. From here on out, HB or uh, Warner Brothers Discovery makes movies for the big screen, period. Like they no are not to going Max to be movies. Exactly. They are not going to be making uh, max original films. Now, I do I think that that line is going to be blurred a bit when you have, you know, like a, a TV movie, you know, that kind of thing? Yes, I, I still think that we're going to see max uh, Max original events or whatever you want to call it or something like that. But do I think that we're going to see these 20 million, even $15 million HBO Max movies anymore? Not at all. And definitely not anything like a Godzilla vs. Kong or, you know, Godzilla X-Kong, or even something like Barbie. You know, I I think these movies, they are firmly, firmly saying we are putting these in theaters. And I think the Evil Dead Rise is a great example of why that's a good idea, because that's Mm -hmm. $45 million, and that's just the opening weekend, mind you. You know, that's $45 million that they would not have had otherwise. That is just free and clear in their pocket uh, because this movie was originally envisioned to not turn any profit. So it's literally like basically free money. And I'm sure they're very happy, uh, with the result obviously, but also with the evil dead fans. And I'm sure, uh, we are going to be getting a lot more of that franchise, uh, soon from, from WBD over there. All right. Anything you want to talk about with box office there or, or, your thoughts uh, on,
1: on Mario? Just yeah, crazy. just real quick. One thing, uh, I, what's your opinion i know you obviously haven't seen it uh evil dead rise you interested or no
0: i think i'm interested uh i no i'm definitely interested i definitely want to see it i just don't know about how scary it is have you heard
1: of this uh uh, cheese grater scene that's going around i
0: have heard of this cheese grater scene uh scene also apparently some uh, uh scalps uh, are involved with some galps okay uh, yes yeah, so. i now
1: i have seen i believe the full scene uh, i saw it on a tiktok as you Oof. do every movie uh a little rough uh not something i would want done to me but i am i would hope so Again, not the biggest horror person but i am interested i will say that uh not to go see it in a the theater i will gladly watch it at home and then I might have to I might you might have to go to this movie because I want to see it. I don't want to sit through it. I was excited for it. I think this was on our top 10 most anticipated and it's been getting eviscerated. Uh, That is Bo is Afraid.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. how how
1: are the ticket sales for that one? I need to know. Uh, And are you still interested?
0: (laughs) Oh, I am absolutely interested. I will take a. This is a career killer. I'll t- I'll take a yeah. career killer, man. I w- show me any career killer that you want to show me, because it means you know that uh, somebody took a risk, you know, and that's uh, sign mm-hmm. me up for that. I'll take a three hour risk, especially with Ari Aster coming off of Hereditary and Midsummer and everything like that, and then Joaquin Phoenix, obviously. But in terms of how it's doing, uh, my theater is actually one of the only ones that does not have it yet. Oh, wow. So it's okay. only in 996 or something like that theaters right now. And then this week it's going wide to, I think, 2,000. So we're getting it this mm. week. Okay. Okay. But I will say I definitely do want to see it. I for sure want to see it. And, you know, I think the people that are poo-pooing it, just whatever. You know, I'm still going to see it. I think you could you could say the same things about Hereditary and Midsummer. You know, and I remember – I remember people saying stuff like that about Midsummer. Like I, I, I definitely remember being like, Oh my god, you have to see this movie and people being like, That movie looks weird as hell, like what the fuck, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I definitely still want to see Bozfrade for sure. Um, yeah, I'm
1: also I'm, I'm I'm also interested. I'm still interested. Uh just to see if it's really that like that terrible that i feel like a lot of people have been saying that it is yeah. you know is it going to be you know i i doubt it'll be i doubt it'll be the end of ari Aster's, like you know career as you know oh, i feel like some people have yeah. probably said but maybe you know it gives some people some studios second thought on <laughs> what he wants to bring an original movie to them to well to yeah i mean light. i'll
0: tell you because also they're from the from the money perspective actually that's a really good point before we move on from box office i want to look up how Bose afraid is doing in uh main markets because
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> so, okay so yeah so
0: 965 theaters it's in so this is just for 965 theaters it's made three point two uh, million dollars so far. Now the real that might look bad. It might look bad, but the thing is, you got to remember is that that is real bad um, mm-hmm. because this is by far, like far, far, far and away, a 24s most expensive production ever. It's sixty five million dollars. So basically, this had the same budget as Air. And, you know, air, most of the budget went to paying the cast and the crew, uh, you know, rather than production design and everything like that. But this is true and true. I mean, they basically gave this guy 60 million dollars to go hog wild with and for better or for worse. But, you know, you have to understand, I don't think that A24 ever thought that they were going to be making their money back on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you look at let's see. Let's just do a quick Ari Aster, uh, a quick Ari Aster comparison. comparison here. All right, so Hereditary. Uh, wow, I actually wouldn't have thought that. I actually would have thought that Midsummer would have made more than Hereditary. But Hereditary, you know, peaked made forty-four million. That was what it made total. Uh, Midsummer, which to me, whether what's better or not, I feel like Midsummer is probably the more popular of those two movies uh only made 27 million so to give him a budget of 60 i mean you would have to be expecting out of nowhere a three times multiplier on box on hereditary's entire box office run Mm -hmm. to even you know sniff the potential to make money on it uh so i think you know for what it's worth I, i i feel like they knew it wasn't about making a profit with it, so I, I don't know how worried they really are about it. But but it does have to be said, $65 million movie to make, only $3.2 million so far at the box office. Not going to look good on the balance sheet, no matter how good of a movie it is. Uh, yeah, Hopping over to what makes a movie good, I'll ask you and I'll ask the entire audience. Uh, do you think that a movie rating is what really sets it over the edge, that an R-rated movie is really going to just take a bad movie and make it beautiful
1: I don't think so no
0: Well that's what Sony is really hoping for because they announced that <laughs> Craven uh, which by the way the movie is no longer called Craven the Hunter it is just called Craven maybe Oh the okay. hunter may still be part of a logo treatment I don't know but it's it's only being exclusively referred to as Craven uh from here on out I guess uh Craven is going to be rated R First footage uh, from Craven reveals Aaron Taylor Johnson in uh, in the vest as he slices up a military convoy in very bloody fashion. Now, I did hear the description of this that apparently not only is he using many knives to cut open uh, someone's torso, but he also apparently uh, grabs their face and bites their nose off and then spits it into the camera. Uh, so they are going full hard R uh, Blade style on this movie over at Sony. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that this is what this movie needs? Or do you think this is just kind of over the top just to be over the top? Or do you think it could be pretty good? I mean, people did have an overwhelmingly positive reaction to the footage. Uh, But, you know, that being said, a trailer can kind of be anything these days. But uh, how do you feel about Craven with some of these updates that we've been getting. And also the trailer will apparently premiere this summer, most likely probably with Spider-Verse.
1: No, I, uh, I, I think that, you know, I don't know much about Craven, uh, the hunter. Uh, I know he hunted Spider-Man. I know he got Spider-Man, buried him alive. I believe in the comics, I think that given Sony's track record of, if you take away, If you take away, you know, uh, either like No Way Home, Homecoming, et cetera, or Spider-Verse, yeah. what do we have? Other than that, we have a track record of making Morbius. the movies in the Spider-Man universe. They're being either... I th- are they, They're not all R. I think PG-13 to R. Uh, was Morbius R or was that PG-13? I'm... I want to say it was PG-13. And I'm assuming, I, I believe, Venom, were the Venoms PG-13? <laughs>
0: yeah that's what i was just gonna say i don't think any of them have been rated r
1: Hmm. i think
0: that people have uh really wanted was venom let there be carnage no this pg-13 yeah i think they've all just been pg-13 but i will say i mean it would make sense because i mean venom more i would say morbius less so but the venom mm-hmm. movies definitely toe that line of a of a yes. PG-13. Yeah. Sure. So I
1: think that maybe I I you know I, I wouldn't say they're doing it just the, for the sake of doing it or for the shock factor. I think that's cuz kind of where they're going with those movies. So we'll see what it happens. You know, I, like you said, people said they kind of they liked the trailer. So hopefully this is, you know, finally a hit for Sony uh in their kind of villain movies. Uh hopefully that happens. I really hope it does. You know, am I am I confident? Not really. But we'll see. So who's directing it? That is a great. Uh, yeah, if you can look that up. It is. JC Chandor. He did most violent year. Margin call. I like that movie. Oh most uh, violent Year good. Triple Frontier. <laughs>
0: okay. Triple Frontier. All right. Paul Rudd will Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon will be wearing Ghostbusters uniforms. In the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, how do you feel about this? Is that are all your dreams? I
1: haven't seen the most recent one. Fair enough. They they didn't wear uniforms in the last one, I guess then. Uh
0: no. Okay. They did not. Got and it. Harrison Ford confirms Die of Destiny will be his last time playing the character. No shock there. Daniel Radcliffe welcomes his first child uh, into the world. Shout out. rat's Caught up here. All right, <clears throat> then. Today, today we had, Oh, well, first of all, huge news. A sequel to the Pope's Exorcist is in the works. Great. Absolutely. And then today we had the big Warner Brothers panel coming up, which uh, did happen. Just trying to get to some of that here. Also, have you been seeing some of these? They've been releasing these uh, posters for visions, one every single day until May the 4th. Oh, no, I haven't seen seen any of those. Pretty cool. I really like the one for uh, the one that's just called Sith. I'm excited for that. Uh, All right, so some of the Warner Brothers stuff here. Uh, that we got our first look at, and of course, a ton of this is just convention exclusive and to be released later and everything, but uh, they were shown a first sizzle reel, first look at Furiosa, which is, of course, the Mad Max uh, spinoff movie starring uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Where's your hype level at for that?
1: Uh, you know, it's probably at a five or a six, I'd say. Maybe, maybe less, honestly. I like the Mad Max movies, seen all of them, shockingly. Uh, Fury Road, awesome movie. Even the Mel Gibson ones, I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself like an avid fan of of the franchise or anything like that. But I, I'll definitely check this movie out. You know, I really like Anya Taylor Joy. Yes. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted Charlize Theron to come back, but obviously, it's yeah. not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that they leave the door open too because, uh, and I think Charlize even said, like, listen, this movie is a prequel. Like, it's designed mm-hmm. to be a prequel, everything like that. Like, it's the same reason, you know, you're not getting Tom Hardy in this movie and everything. But honestly, more so than just the Furiosa aspects of it, I, I just really want to see it for Anya Taylor Joy and uh Chris Hemsworth. I mean, I just, mm. I- I'll just see it just because I like both those actors. I like, you know, her in particular. I think it's. Uh, a great vehicle for her. And I'm sure she's going to absolutely smash it out of the park. Um, mm-hmm. and then it'll, it'll be interesting to see. What the hell? Oh, man, everything's just falling apart here today. My mic arm just fell off my desk.
1: Oh, that'll, uh, yeah, that'll throw a wrench in some things. Oh. Looks like your, uh, was your cat gnawing on your mic cord? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty chewed out. I'm surprised it still works.
0: I know. No, yeah, because it's the hard shell part. It's not the actual right. core. Like, here he doesn't touch or care about it. But it, for some reason, this freaking thing, mm. he's just an absolute menace. All right. There you go. Stronger than ever. Uh, All right. Let's move on here. <clears throat> some of this stuff. Uh, I'm just going to scroll through here some of these updates. You just let me know anything that shouts out because I do want to talk a little – uh jedi survivor and uh mandalorian yeah. before we post- i mean honestly
1: star- i'd rather Flash just talk here. about that <laughs> all
0: right let's just let's just uh get going here i just want to make sure no, i'm missing oh my god hello.
1: oh i guess just real quick speaking of star wars you're going to see return of the jedi
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I will absolutely, if you want to be let in on that, I will definitely do that because I mm. believe I really want to go see it in RPX because um, oh, it's geez. not coming to the IMAX near us, but it is coming to the RPX. So I feel like, you know, just size Snoodles and the whole Jabba's Palace band, it's just going to be the sound. I just, mm-hmm. I can't even believe how beautiful that, that song Can't came. wait to hear
1: that electrical shocks. <laughs> <The>
0: electrical shock. <laughs> I can't wait. No, but genuinely, yeah. Let me know because I will. I am definitely gonna see that. Yeah. I want to even go on the twenty eighth, but I don't know if I get down too far down the rabbit hole of Survivor because mm-hmm. I did request the day off. But I also have that next morning, so maybe you'll go see. Uh, maybe I'll just have a nice day of Survivor, see Return of the Jedi at night, and then play some more Survivor when I get
1: home. Yeah. Funny I- enough, I took off the twenty eighth to play Jedi Survivor, so we'll see.
0: No, we'll see. So let's talk some Jedi Survivor here. So, for those who don't know, TJ and I, I'll just plug this. I'm not making any promises. I don't know what we're going to upload. I don't know what we're going to stream. I don't know if I'm going to stream or if he's going to stream or if both of us will stream on or off or anything like that. But that being said, uh, because Hogwarts Legacy, I really wanted to get a lot of Hogwarts Legacy up on there. But that game was just kind of a lot more of exploring and just kind Mm -hmm. of grinding. And it just, I just didn't enjoy streaming it. But I think what I'm definitely going to do, uh, and then we'll talk about just kind of what we're looking forward to, but what I'm definitely going to do, I'm just going to hunker down, play through the whole game, and and then I'll probably go through maybe a replay uh, streaming it or, or streaming parts of it here or there type of thing. But yeah, w- I mean, so you have it pre-ordered?
1: I don't. Uh, I'm gonna do it some uh, Thursday, uh, so I'll pre-order it on the PlayStation Five, and then I'll preload it. I guess. Are
0: you getting the deluxe edition?
1: I wasn't playing on it. I don't you. You know, I'm not a big. I like cosmetics, but I'm. I'm a. I'm very much just cosmetics that I can earn in game. Uh, mm-hmm. not for an extra price. That's fair. The only
0: reason I got the deluxe edition, I just wanted it. I just, like, like, it was just, I was watching a video this morning that was, like, even though I had already pre-ordered this game, like, a month ago at this point, I watched a video today that was, like, which version should you get? Even though I already have it. I just wanted to see a guy comparing them. And he sat in there and he was making me doubt myself cuz he was like I'm not one to pay for cosmetics, whatever but then he was like but if you're that much of a luke or that much of a han or that much of an r2d2 fan uh just go for it and i was like mm-hmm. there you go i mean i just love the fact that right off the bat i can make uh cal dressed as either obi-wan han or luke mm-hmm. i mean that's I, I like that i would love if they gave him uh leia's uh like white outfit That'd be mm-hmm. fantastic. Get Cal with the little hair buns on the side. I so I pre-ordered it. I'm gonna begin. It's gonna start downloading uh, in just a few hours here because uh, it'll start downloading at midnight tonight. Uh, and then oh really? Launch. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. That. Um, so midnight the they say that it's the 25th is when downloads can start, but for us, that's midnight on the 26th. 26th, um, okay. Yeah, so basically in in just about two hours here. But man, it is, I looked, it's 100, from on my system, it's 161 gigabytes, uh, which is, whew, man, that is some crazy stuff. Uh, but we've talked about Fallen Order, we love the story and everything. We know it's five years later, we know that there's High Republic stuff going on, we know that there's some sort of a Coruscant subplot with this there's a there's a lot going on in this in this game that all the different trailers have kind of hinted at aspects of uh with the guy waking up from the cryo sleep in the high republic outfit we also got in the earliest trailer remember we were battling that like one-armed red lightsaber wielder whoever that might be you know there I feel like there's just so much to this game we're going to get some more open world elements. What are you kind of looking forward to? Just the, the improved map, the, the fast travel, you know, what are you, what are you kind of looking forward to the most? Yeah,
1: uh, definitely the improved map, definitely the improved, uh, skill tree. I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I believe the review embargo actually lifts tomorrow as well. So you'll definitely get reviews for that. Uh, I'm very glad. And I didn't think that this was going to happen anyway, but that you will just have the same abilities from the first game. You know, yeah. it's not like, you know, he's losing like anything. Right, exactly. Or anything like that. So that's really cool. And I'm excited to customize my lightsaber again. You know, that was really fun. I really liked being able to do I remember, you know, getting the double blade. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't think like, you know, I didn't think you'd See, be able to do that. But don't you
0: want your lightsaber to look like Luke's or Obi
1: Wans? <sighs> or Luke's and well, Obi wans What's the is it is it ten but ten dollars more?
0: It's ten dollars more. So okay, so this is exactly what it is. Okay. Pre-ordering it, which I encourage you to do because that is no extra money even right. with the regular one and you get all mm-hmm. the Obi-Wan stuff. So that's Obi-Wan's look from the series finale with the goggles and the white and the black overcoat and then his lightsaber when he meets Qui-Gon. It's that look. Okay. You know, the hello there look. So that is just with any pre-order with any level and then for $10 more, uh you get uh Luke's now I'm forgetting. Is it the Return of the Jedi black? Or... No, it's the gold jacket. The gold jacket from the medal ceremony. So it's Han and Luke's outfits from the medal ceremony. And then you also get an R2-D2 skin for BD1. And then the interesting thing with BD1 is because not only is the skill trees improved and everything, Hold but the customization.
1: Hold on. I'm looking at PlayStation Store right now. And we're saying, it's saying standard edition. <clears throat> pre-order is $70, but the Deluxe Edition pre-order is $90. So
0: it's $20 difference.
1: Yeah. Okay, now, well, when you say Obi-Wan, you say Obi-Wan, it, are you referring to the Hermit lightsaber set? Yes. Is that, okay.
0: The Hermit lightsaber set that's and standard. set. Yeah.
1: And the Combustion. Which one's that?
0: Yeah, so that's Obi-Wan's blaster, because that's the other oh, thing okay. about this game, too, is that we know that Cal is also going to have a blaster, or one oh, of right. the four or one of the five lightsaber types. Cause they basically, uh, I think they call them stances, uh, is that there's going to be these different lightsaber right. uh-huh. stances is there's going to be, uh, and I will just preface this by saying, I know that you know this, but I have just been playing fallen order, like literally nonstop. I, I have played mm. the game fully twice in the last month. Uh, and then also I've just been going in on my new game plus and just my regular game, And just going in and just playing it and getting a feel, because I just I just really want to be hit the ground running and just be good at this new game. (laughs) Like I just want to be able to just get through it and just kind of slide right into it. So I was I literally have Fallen Order paused on my screen right behind my monitor. And so you know what I have been gravitating towards uh, the last couple days. I love the dual wield. The, so not the double blade, but the, the dual wield in, in two separate hands and the cross, mm-hmm. you know, hitting everybody like that. I love playing like that. And you can play the entire game in that because that's one of the stances. They have dual wielding. They have the the double lightsaber. They have kind of a big, like, vanguard, like, almost Kylo Ren style blade for heavier attacks. Like, it's heavier but slower. Then they have the the single blade stance and then the single blade with the blaster stance. So there's a ton to this game. Like, like you said, it's not just one skill tree this time. It's a skill tree for all five of those stances. And then also what I was saying with the R2-D2 skin for BD is not only is... Cal's hair and beard and outfits and individual items of clothing customizable, but also the size and shape and look of BD is also customizable. Mm -hmm. There's different face plates and everything. So you can really make it look like R2 or, you know, a bunch of different other, other cool things that they've shown. They just, they just really took everything about the first game and just ratcheted it up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like they just made so many great improvements and everything like that. But, yeah, where do, you, where do you kind of think that this story is going? Because, I mean, I will say I think it's going to be a little more I, – I think I'm just going to throw this out there. Kind of like Vader in the first one, I think there's going to be either one big surprise or a lot of surprises in this movie – or, sorry, in this game. Mm-hmm. Because the devs and the fans and people like Star Wars Explained have really been hitting it hard of, like, do not get this game spoiled for you. Mm. So, like, I'm thinking, like, what does that mean? Are we going to see the path, maybe? Like, could we see Quinlan Vos or Obi-Wan himself, you know, in this game? It takes place at the exact same time as the Obi-Wan series. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Where do you kind of think things are going with this? Because really all we've seen is that one planet, Kobo, and we know that Coruscant's in it. That's it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't really know. Honestly, I'm very, I I haven't really kept up with any trailers or any story beats or anything, honestly. So I, I'm very in the dark on a lot of stuff. Obviously, we know that kind of person that we saw in the back to tank uh, is some sort of, I believe it's like a Jedi from like you know sent what was it like decades ago or centuries or whatever the high republic um, yeah probably yeah, high republic. and to me
0: i don't think he's going to be acolyte high republic i think mm-hmm. he's going to be uh like high high republic like i'm thinking this is like this guy's like 3 400 years ago not like 50 mm-hmm. or 100 you know what i mean it, but then i also saw just my mind spinning you know in the first game when he holds Trilla's lightsaber and he gets all the flashes of her memories and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's so painful. Somebody's like, "What's going to happen?" When Cal touches the High Republic guy's lightsaber, and are we going to get? Is our first technically live he sees, action? He
1: sees them like I was going to say, watch it. And like he touches the lightsaber, he like sees them him like murdering everybody. Yeah, <laughs> he's or, like, "Oh, man, like, this guy's even, bad."
0: You know. <laughs> Is this really, I mean, we know Acolyte's coming, but I know this isn't technically live action, but I mean, what do you think the likelihood is that we get actual High Republic flashbacks in mm-hmm. this game and that this really is going to be kind of our first look at the High Republic again, I hesitate to say in live action but it's basically in live action, so what do you think's going on with the High Republic guy? the friend or foe? I mean, clearly we see Cal waking him up from this back to tank how long has he been in there? Is it a prisoner? I mean, what?
1: Uh, I, I don't know i think, we don't know, yeah, I have no idea on on what that is uh he looks dope I will say that uh he looks really cool white um, skin I think it might be like uh I think it might be like you know starting to get to know each other, you know, I'm assuming he's maybe he's in some temple or something I don't fucking know where he is, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we obviously they he lets him out of there and maybe at first it kind of seems like. He's, he's good, and then he kind of takes that turn. It's like oh, this you know this guy's bad news or something like that. But yeah, I'm interested to see if it how it in any way connects to anything. Uh, oh. You know, is I know I've, I'm seeing all this right. thing all <laughs> <right. We're good. laughs> uh, how it connects to anything. But uh, all right, Flash uh, reactions are out. So
0: all right, yeah. So Jedi Survivor, absolutely fantastic. Real quick here, I just want to go real quick. Uh, what did you think? Oh, just give me your quick paragraph. How did you feel about Mandalorian season three? Because I've already been uh, doing okay. my week to week videos and everything. Uh, we don't have to go into a forty five minute spoiler review. Just before no, right. we get to the flash stuff to close out. How yeah. did you, TJ? Did you feel like it's Bo Katan show? Like, how hey. what what do what, what do you think?
1: Uh, I thought the Mandalorian season three was very up and down. Uh, Some good episodes, some bad episodes, uh, some slow episodes. For me, it was kind of in the middle. It was probably the weakest season, I'd say, out of the three. Uh, And, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked before about, you know, Bo-Katan got the Darksaber, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, we got to the clones finally and with Moff Gideon and then all that other stuff. Uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was just up and down season. I I was fine with the ending. Uh again, the ending to me this felt even more like Thanos's video or when he's just sitting down at the end. Yeah. <laughs> the end of this up ep- the the final episode. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see kind of where they go with it. Again, you know, this is going to connect and I've heard this, I think I heard this on the that Katie Sackhoff interview with on a Christian's channel where they're talking about you know, Ahsoka and Boba Fett and Mandalorian, they're all kind of connecting. Like all these shows, you know, kind of go together. And so I'm excited to see what, what you know, Ahsoka brings to the story. And I'm interested to see what happens with Mando and Grogu going forward. Uh, you know, it's reported that, you know, Grogu was kind of, you know, forced into season three. Uh, and that's why, you know, Book of Boba Fett took that turn where they were like, you know, oh, we got to reunite them somehow. And then season three, you know, it's like, oh, they're back together. So I'm interested to see, you know, what is in store for Ahsoka, as well as Din and Grogu going forward, as well as Bo Katan. But overall, I thought it was kind of an up and down season.
0: I agree with a lot of what you just said. I, I really do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Flash. Let's move on to the Flash. Uh, no, but I really, I really do agree with a lot of what you said. I thought that some things were handled. A little too perfectly, a little too neatly, a little too quickly. And something just felt off. But, I mean, we're never mm-hmm. no, going to know what the hell happened or whatever. If you want to read off this first one, I actually, just like last year, I have a source in the room. Uh Oh, I was just going to reach out, but I already got it. Uh, So this is a direct text message from a source within the oh. room that just finished okay, the movie. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was funny. <laughs> But had bad. major Spider-Man vibes, huh? So I'm assuming that No Way Home. Yeah, I'll you know that's yeah. what I'll say. I'll say No Way Home question mark.
1: All right, I'll read this. I'll read this reaction. Uh, okay. Come from uh, Robert Butler III. Uh, he said, "Be careful because the Flash will pull a quick sleight of hand before your very eyes." Andy Muschietti's film magically blends a moving solo Barry Allen story with an exciting nostalgia flick that is legitimately funny. The phenomenal superhero action adds a nice cherry on top, so that's Damn. very, very uh, glowing review. I'd say. Take that. Mm. All right.
0: Uh, Jeff Snyder, uh, the Flash. The first hour is pretty fantastic. Strikes the perfect tone. Ezra is great, heroic, funny, emotional. The last hour is mostly <laughs> terrible. terrible. Just an utter mess. <laughs> 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 wow. What a what a Jeff Snyder. Jeez. Just, yeah, he just like, flipped what it up. Uh, I did not see that coming. That was a jump scare. A uh, that was a real jump scare. Ezra is gray, heroic, funny, emotional. The last hour is mostly terrible. Just an utter mess that will leave you asking what the hell is going on. Fan service and DC villain problems strike again. Mixed mm. bag overall.
1: Oh, All right. Wow. All right. One and one.
0: Uh, Scott freaking Mance. <laughs> uh, the Mance man himself, Scott Mance. The Flash is awesome. One of the very best DC movies, a perfect blend of action, heart and humor, so many wow and chill inducing moments that longtime DC fans will love. Ezra Miller is superb, twice actually and Michael Keaton's still got it. I mean that's the that's that's hard man. That's that's the thing right. that's hard is You're how one. much people <laughs> you know, you got to pr- praise Ezra Miller if he's that good in the movie. You know what I mean? It's it's hard mm. but uh, I don't know. That's what people are saying. Dana Ambercrombie says The Flash is worthy of its source material that supersedes expectations. It does everyone proud, funny, heartbreaking, thrilling. It's a great send off for Ben Affleck and respects the legacy of Michael Keaton's Batman. Interesting.
1: Uh,
0: oh, here you go. You want to take this one? Oh, wait, hang on. What the hell?
1: Yeah, if I can read it. Here we go. Uh, Matt Ramos, aka Soup's, said, "This is truly one of the best superhero movies ever. Believe the hype. Oh my god!" And then he tweeted below that, and he said, "I don't even know where to begin, dude." So wow. Again, very good. That's that's four and one right now. Snyder is in the minority. Yeah. That <clears> not I that he didn't like minority. it, but he just said the the, <laughs> the back half of it was awful. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Frosty here from uh, Collider, Steve Weintraub, said, The Flash is fantastic. I know Ezra Miller has made a lot of mistakes, but they are so good in this movie. Loved Keaton, the action, the humor, the emotion. Andy Muschietti has crafted something special. Thumbs way up. Uh, And then also, side note, he says, uh, WB did not show uh, any after credits. Now, that's
1: interesting. Now, yeah, is that sure. because, you know, is that spoiler... Issues I imagine, maybe. Probably. I
0: imagine it's just like, hey, we're giving them enough with the actual movie. Yeah. You know, let's let's save something for. Well, let's save something to get these people back in. Okay. Yeah. No way home vibes for sure. But it was very mm. funny. A very funny movie. It made you like the Ezra guy. Uh, but they said nothing about him on the panel.
1: Well, I'm not. That's so, not really surprising. Yeah.
0: Damn. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean. It's so a definite No Way Home vibes. And then this this one here, too, Jermaine uh, Lussier uh, says, Yep, the Flash is as good as rumored. It's Back to the Future meets Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Now, that's a pretty bold statement. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Back to the Future meets Spider-Man No Way Home with all the humor and heart of the former and action and surprises of the latter. Uh, if anything, it might be a tad too ambitious, but it's also just incredibly satisfying, heartwarming, and fun. I would say, TJ, that's probably the most glowing mm-hmm. uh, review that we've gotten so far. I would say, yeah,
1: Back to the Future inspired No Way yeah, Home. is I mean, is a, yeah, just there is pretty
0: <laughs> crazy. And then doubling down to say that it combines the best parts of both of those is kind of crazy. The Flash is the greatest DC movie uh, within the last 30 years. Okay, these are just some uh, quick poll quotes here. So that's from El so, uh So uh, The Flash movie is the greatest DC film uh, in the last 30 years.
1: Trying to okay. think, and last 30 years. like is That's that a really lot that of them.
0: That's <laughs> most of them. So including the yeah. the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy. So yeah. uh, we'll see. But, I mean, to each their own. Uh, I know there's just, just people out there that just don't like Batman or just love Flash. I mean... You know, everybody's got their own opinion. DC's The Flash is tremendous. Forget DC, it is without a doubt uh, among the best superhero films ever made, and that is from uh, Eric Davis, uh, who I think is, yeah, with Fandango. It is indeed one of DC's best and fits nicely as a bridge story between the old and new DCEU franchises. Now, look
1: at where that quote is. I'm just just looking at bridge story. Now, to you, does that... Does that, you know, signify, you know, the Flash, obviously?
0: I think so. This I is think kind it's... of the
1: turn of the page, like, where, you know, this story is going to bring us into the new James Gunn universe.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I think for me, I think that is what what I think. I, I, I think I I can understand... Oh, okay. I can understand being upset by that by being, you know, like, well, you know, a movie... You know, like, Quantumania had that complaint a lot, like, well, a movie shouldn't just be setting up the next thing. It should be it should be a thing on its mm-hmm. own. I feel like you're just kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with this, because it's like, in order to not just say, like, hey, behind the scenes, this is a hard reboot. After Aquaman, nothing counts, and we're starting completely over. You know, it's like they're doing this. A lot of people, both inside and outside of DC go. Studios, have called it the rolling <laughs> reset. Yeah,
1: go, what? Go to Snyder's, like, most recent tweet. <laughs> God, Hang on. this is a funny. Like, you might have to like just go to his profile. The Insider. This, <laughs> yeah. This
0: <laughs> just scanned initial reactions. Embarrassing. I am embarrassed for my profession. Not even a whiff of criticism. A bunch of easy lays. I tell you, there are only a handful of critical voices you can trust these days. It's sad. And yes, I know this tweet is going to get me killed. Dot dot dot. That yeah, was funny. Hey, Amen.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh, I haven't seen I a lot of. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of critiques on those tweets we've been looking at.
0: You know what I want here? I'll yeah. pull. I'll pull this to the side so I can look up some particular people. But you wanna, you wanna take these two?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Eric Goldman uh, said, "Yeah, the Flash is legit great. Delivers some notably thrilling, fun, and creative moments. I felt I hadn't seen in a million other superhero movies. Had me smiling from the one." War- Warner- It had me smiling from the Warner Bros. logo at the top, and I even dug uh, stuff inspired by movies I wasn't into.
0: Now, I wonder what that means, stuff inspired by movies I wasn't into. Now, we know we've heard a lot about, you know, there's going to be Speed Force. Oh, I just want to update. Robert Butler III says, One last note, The Flash tells a satisfying Barry Allen story alongside a really good Bruce Wayne story. Both mm-hmm. Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck are in top form. So mm-hmm. did you – I'll ask you this quick here. Did you get a chance to watch the new trailer from today?
1: No, I haven't watched it yet.
0: So just let me know uh, later because I want to know this new trailer. Gosh, I completely forgot. who I was like looking up. So this new trailer really kind of sends hits home that this movie is uh, – a Bruce Wayne movie as much as it is a Barry Allen movie, uh, mm. and this new trailer really, really does that. So I want to get your, I, I want to hear, you know, message me after this. Cause I want to know if you think, is it more of a, Hey, this movie really is about more than just Barry. Or do you think it gives the vibe of, you know, this movie is really just about, it's about Barry, but the marketing is heav- heavily focused on Batman because of the obvious elephant in the room. Um, mm. so I want to know your take on that, but uh, I will say that that gives me hope that it says that it's a great Bruce Wayne movie, meaning both Bruce Waynes that are in the movie. Because um, mm-hmm. I, what I really didn't want, because I do love Ben Affleck as Batman, I really do, what I really didn't want was, you know, like this great arc, huge movie thing for Keaton, uh, but then Affleck's just in the first four minutes and it's like, all right, Barry, good luck. But in this new trailer, just in the trailer alone, he's got one of the most, like one of the best Batman lines I've ever heard in a movie where he goes about Barry going back to try and fix the past. He says, uh, our scars define who we are. We're not supposed to go back and change them. And I was like, that's, that's like, wow. Like that's a great Batman line. Like I was like sitting there watching Mm. the trailer just at that one line. I was like, that's fantastic. So to hear that they're both used really, really well is great. I'm not hearing a lot about Supergirl. In, in any of these. Yeah, no, um, yeah. Uh let's see. Perry Nemeroff says, caught an unfinished cut of the flash and dug it quite a bit, especially how the narrative challenges Barry to confront who he is, who he could have become, uh, and how one's influenced by the people in or not in their life. Uh it's a successful mix of heartfelt coming of age uh components Stellar action, really love the style of Flash's powers and creativity in those scenes, and a whole bunch of big laughs. The comedic timing and delivery are on point. I mean, that to me is huge because we've seen, obviously we've seen Marvel movies overcook the humor, but DC to me almost is worse with it with some of their attempts at, you know, not the Snyderverse stuff, but I'm thinking like Aquaman The first Suicide Squad movie, I think, really suffer from the exact opposite of the timing and delivery both being off. So to hear that this, you know, I expect a DC movie at this rate. It's going to hit the action. It's going to hit the storytelling. But can it be a crowd cheering, you know, great movie? Uh, It sounds like this one is. I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see if we can get a couple more here before we call it a day trying to see okay scott menzel uh so scott menzel is uh from the hollywood ford critics Association. or the hollywood critics association says the flash is hands down one of the best superhero films of all time no joke the flash is the ultimate movie going experience as it has a little bit of everything action emotion heart humor and plenty of nostalgia ezra miller is phenomenal as dual barry allen's uh michael Ooh, whoa, whoa. Michael Keaton and uh, there we go. And Sasha Kelly are very good. Also, this is a film that audiences will be watching over and over again. Oh, and avoid all the spoilers you can for this movie, because there are some really incredible surprises that will truly blow you away. I cannot wait to see this again. All right. I think we just ended on that one. Uh, yeah. Damn. <clears throat> I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts here? I mean, this is just I'm, over overwhelming.
1: I'm uh I'm excited. Uh I'm also interested to see like the ending just cuz Snyder said it was terrible. <laughs> uh yeah. so I'm ex- I'm interested to see the decisions that are made that you know look like they might be poor decisions. But you know a lot the majority are saying that it's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. So uh, uh it should be interesting.
0: I know I really 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 hope that I don't get this movie spoiled. Like yeah. I I, I like it now at this point now that I, you know, because not that I don't trust James Gunn or, or, you know, Peter Safran, but like when David mm-hmm. Zaslav comes out and goes, "It's the best superhero movie I've seen in years," uh or the best one I've ever seen, it's like, all right, well, like how much do I really trust that? But now that it's not just David Zaslav and it's not just James Gunn and it's not just Andy Muschietti, uh, it's you know. All these people, somebody that I personally know, somebody that you know, people I personally trust online and everything like that. I think it's just fantastic. But yeah, so we talked a lot. Jedi Sir Oh, you there?
1: Yeah, my uh my computer just crashed, so uh Oh good thing we're ending it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you guys uh from TJ's disembodied voice, uh, and me. We will just uh cut it there. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We talked Ted Lasso everything like that. So, uh, Ted, sorry, Ted Lasso Jedi survivor. I'm just all these tweets are still coming in. Uh Ted Lasso Jedi survivor. We talked a little bit of Mandalorian, we talked a little bit of Carlito's Way, we talked a little bit of everything and then ended off with all those flash reactions and everything. So, last thing I will leave you with if TJ still able to talk is uh make sure to like, comment, subscribe, And share this video. Share this video with a pop culture fan, an entertainment fan, a Flash fan, anything like that. And that will uh, do it for me today.